0: Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact, engines primed in game! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith.
1: And I'm Douglas Gale.
0: And I will be bringing you Space News!
1: Star Trek, Duck Space Nine,
0: Firefly, Black Mirror, and
1: probably superhero stuff.
0: Dystopian fiction! Who's excited?
1: I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space News! What's up, space nerds? Welcome to the show. I am, of course, Jesse Mercury, your constant cosmic companion, here to bring you some science fiction and science fact. This week, Jane Smith is back to talk about Firefly Episode 9, Ariel, we had such a fun conversation about Ariel. I just had the best time. And this is, unfortunately, the last conversation that I was able to record on the podcast before the coronavirus lockdown took place here in Seattle. So we are now officially shut down, the whole city. Uh, we are on self-isolation um, So, yeah, it's been crazy. We have an official stay-at-home order from the governor of Seattle, which is really interesting. Like, we were all kind of self-isolating a little bit before this, but now, you know, we've gone real hardcore. Um, So, we're not recording any more podcasts here in the studio. I'm thinking about trying to do something remotely. I've been trying to set that up and test that out. Yeah, there's something about sitting in the room together that really kind of excites me personally and I feel like the other people that I podcast with so we can't do that right now we can't all gather together in the same room which is such a bummer uh, but I have this conversation with Jane to share it with you before I run out of uh, of conversations I do live with Andy and she's just joined this the Star Trek Club so right now we're talking about trying to do Star Trek Club with Andy and I in the room and then Doug and Sarah remotely we're not sure if this is going to work but we might try that out And I have a ton of episodes of Doug Space Nine that have already been live-streamed on YouTube. So, I mean, worst-case scenario, I'll just catch up on getting those out on the podcast feed and keep something coming out here once a week um, for the time being. And... Best case scenario, I might be recording some new stuff with people remotely, or maybe Andy and I'll do something. But I'm honestly, like it would really help to hear from you guys, to hear what you want to hear. What podcast would you want from me? That's my question to you. <laughs> We're all self-isolating right now. Um, I want to be creating something that makes people feel good, that contributes to their day or their mood or helps them pass the time. I mean, I want to make sure that what I'm creating is worthwhile and helpful in some way or enjoyable in some way. So, it'd be really helpful if you guys could, um, you know, send us some feedback space nerds podcast at gmail.com. Um, let us know how we're doing and let us know what you want right now in this totally bizarre time. Do you want us to try to do remote podcasts? Do you want me to just put out the Doug space nines? Do you want to just hear what, what Andy and I have been watching in our self isolation? Like, what is it that you want? I would love to hear from you. It'd be super helpful. Alternatively, I have had some really great creative experiences recently. Um, I've been working on some music, which has been really exciting. I have actually retooled my Patreon, my original Patreon that I used to talk about on this podcast until we replaced it with the Space Nerds Patreon. And what I've decided to do with that is uh, shift its focus to just be about my music. Because... My sci-fi synth pop music is one of my favorite things that I do, if not my favorite thing that I create. It's, it's, I just love it so much. And I've been working on a new song recently called Luminous Being, which is inspired by uh, Luke training with Yoda on Dagobah. This is intended to be the first in a new collection of sci-fi synth-pop music because my first album is, I think, at 10 songs. Is that what it's at? 10 or 11 songs? And it's feeling like it's complete to me. It feels like that is a, a good playlist. I've got that up at, uh, on my Bandcamp page, um, jessemercury.bandcamp.com. And all of these links are in my description. Links to my website are in the description. If you, you don't want to remember things, you can always find it down there. Uh, so anyway, I've, I feel like I've started work on the second collection of sci-fi synth pop music with this song, Luminous Being. I'm really pumped about it. I'm loving what I'm doing with it so far. And I've actually created a new reward on my personal Patreon. Uh, to share works in progress of my music as I go along. So every time I sit down to work on the song, I will export what I worked on that day and put it up on Bandcamp. I work really slowly on music. uh, So, you know, it's not a ton of content, but it allows you to kind of follow along in the process with me as I'm going. I think it's really personal and special content. So that is available now on my personal Patreon at patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. And of course, this is a great opportunity to mention the Space Nerds Patreon. If you love this podcast and you want more of it, there are there is a new Space Nerds patron cast with some extra special bonus podcasts available on our new Patreon at patreon.com slash space nerds podcast. Uh, you can go over to the website, check it out, see what we have on the premium patron cast and see if you're interested or just follow along to see what posts we have up in the future or potentially even sign up to support this podcast financially at a time when um, there ain't nothing coming in. <laughs> um I recognize that there's nothing coming in for almost everyone. So if you are in that scenario, please do not join our Patreon. But if you're not in that scenario and you're like, I got money to throw around, please do. It's very helpful. Thank you. And also, I just released on YouTube today the first in a new video series that I'm super pumped about. So I've been talking for years about how I wanted to create this sci-fi comedy web series, and I just haven't been able to get it off the ground yet. It's just so difficult to get it started. We've cast it. We've had rehearsals. uh, We were about to get ready to shoot it a couple times, and then things fell through the cracks for one reason or another, and it's still on the back burner, you know, like (laughs) no one's trying to make a web series right now. So, but I really want to, I really want to make a sci-fi comedy web series. I've, I've wanted to do that for years. And I had this idea recently kind of based off of the space news on this podcast to do an actual, um, scripted broadcast of space news or like news from the galaxy in character as this like news reporter. Um, and then interview, people from around the galaxy like the first episode has me interviewing an alien so it's kind of a a hybrid between Um, science fiction and science fact. So, like, we talk about this planet that rotates around its sun every 18 hours, and then I interview someone from that planet. And, you know, it's based off of real science, and I link to the real science in the description. I describe the real science, and then I do something kind of crazy with it, with the, you know, talking to an alien. So, I, you know, I've mentioned this recently, how I really want to be making science fiction, not just talking about it in the podcast format. And this It's happened. It's out. I did it. It's like a five minute long video and I intend to make more of them. And this is the perfect way for me to be able to make something easy. Well, it's not easy. It's very difficult, but something short and relatively easy compared to like a full web series with a cast and all that. Um, you know, producing five minutes of scripted content takes many hours, but it's a lot more approachable than creating 10 minutes of scripted content at a time, uh, you know, on location with other people. Like I'm just here in front of a green screen. I can do it all in my studio at home. Um, and you know, now that Corona is broken out, I can actually like have people shoot stuff for me from their apartments and just dress themselves up as aliens and shit. So um, it's a really cool new project that I'm super stoked about. It's called Mercury Rising. I'm also going to link to the first episode in the description of the podcast. It is out. It is available right now. I put it out today. I love it. I hope you'll check it out. I think it's really funny. Other people have laughed when they watched it. um, So hopefully you will laugh as well because I feel like we all need a good laugh right now and it feels really good to be making something that is just kind of um, silly completely unrelated to the coronavirus but serves some purpose because you know it teaches you a little bit about what's out there in the galaxy or what scientists think could be out there and you know we're talking about theories of reality and stuff like that all the stuff that I love and then I get to kind of make up some sci-fi around it and um, write some quick scenes and get some practice practice writing and writing things and putting them out into the world because I've done a lot of writing but I haven't done a lot of releasing of what I've written and this is very short very minimal and feels really good to as a kind of springboard for more. So I hope to check it out. It's called Mercury Rising, my new show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jesse Mercury Sci-Fi. Wow, that was a lot. I guess I had 10 minutes worth of stuff to say. It is now said. So let's head over to my conversation with Jane about Firefly episode nine. And we have space news. I forgot to talk about the space news. I didn't mention the space news. Um, Jane and I talked about how Beetlejuice was dimming recently. We have a follow-up about that about why scientists think Betelgeuse was dimming. They don't think it was a supernova. They don't think it's about to explode. We'll tell you all about what they think it is in just a couple minutes. Let's do it. I'm here with Jane. Yes. My co-host in all things Firefly.
0: We're all alive here. Yes. In Seattle. (laughs)
1: Thank you for, for braving the coronavirus to listen to this podcast.
0: If you're at home, you can listen to all the episodes. Yeah, yeah.
1: if you're quarantined, we got over 150 episodes of this show. We got some
0: content for you.
1: There's so many episodes. (laughs) This is going to be, I think, 152, 153? Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I just put out 150, and I'm a little ahead with recording right now. Nice. But that's still crazy. I can't even believe...
0: There's so much stuff to get there.
1: I know. I can't believe I've done 150 (laughs) episodes. Yeah, we're going to talk about Ariel, which is another incredible episode of Firefly. And we've got some space news. We have some... (gasps) Uh, what was the word? We're sequelizing our space news.
0: Yeah, some some follow-up. Follow-up, that's the word. Uh, an addendum to an earlier space news. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's, well, let's jump into it. You ready yeah. for some space news? Let's do it. Space news! All right, Jane, so... A couple of weeks back, we talked about Beetlejuice yeah. possibly exploding.
0: Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Just <laughs> getting it out of the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> um, wouldn't it be weird if if you said Beetlejuice three times, it was Michael Keaton out of character that appeared just
0: just like normal just like in street clothes just like yeah hey what's up yeah like I got you got some sugar he just like knocks on the front door <laughs> yeah.
1: that is a great idea for a movie it's like the yeah. sequel to being john malkovich <gasps> yeah i'm into it <laughs> so we talked about beetlejuice dimming and mm-hmm. there was incredible dimming that took place there's a
0: lot of speculation about what might happen
1: yeah turns out We think we know.
0: Yeah, it was a little anticlimactic.
1: Super anticlimactic. We
0: were like, is it going to explode? Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe it's dusty. Maybe it's just a little (laughs) dusty. Uh, It happens. You know, it's space. It's a dirty place.
1: I... love this I love this because it's so silly we're all like oh my god what if beetle just explodes it'll be incredible and now it's like what if it's dusty
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's a dust cloud it happens I mean look around our own solar system we have all kinds of stuff floating around out there yeah It, it, it happens
1: space may be a vacuum but it's dirty. It's so dirty. That was a vacuum <laughs> joke.
0: <laughs> oh, but I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm...
1: stupid. Okay, so I pulled up an article from Space... I just went to my go-to, which is Space.com. Because yeah. yeah. everyone is reporting this. Right. But I just went to Space.com because I like them. Yeah. Weird dimming it's star simple. Beetlejuice may have a dusty explanation. Did I interrupt you?
0: No, that was perfect.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Well, now I ruined it. Uh, A bright red star that started dimming dramatically in 2019 isn't about to explode. As some scientists initially thought, it's just really dusty, a new study shows. last year the star called Betelgeuse began dimming significantly and quickly the brightness of the red supergiant star which typically glows in the constellation orion varies over time but this fading was so intense that astronomers quickly took notice and began observing the star intently intensely are both work uh trying to figure out what was going on okay uh so let's see i'm going to scroll down to the the dusty stuff um in a new paper the researchers worked oh, I skipped too much and now my computer froze. There we go. It's my phone, it's not a computer. I can do this. I can Pocket do Pocket computer.
0: It still counts. Okay.
1: So the uh, researchers are saying that it's dim because it's clouded by dust. In a new paper, the researchers worked to determine determine Wow, this is tough today. It's hard.
0: It's it's Tuesday, but it feels like like extra Friday, I guess. Yeah. Like I feel like it's the end of the week because these two days of this week have been (laughs) so intense that there's like time dilation happening and my brain cannot catch up so maybe you're getting a little like residual brain dilation there's just (laughs) so
1: much stress in the world right now there's a lot going
0: on we got we got pandemics we got elections yeah it's things are difficult
1: yeah that those two things alone are like enough like that's a lot yeah anyway um
0: (laughs) back to space news
1: In the new paper, the researchers worked to determine the surface temperature of the star to see if cooling temperatures could be the cause of the dimming. If the surface was significantly cooler than previous data showed, it could mean the giant convection cells brought hot gas out from the sun's interior and that the gas cooled before falling back into the star. However, the team found that the average surface temperature on the star on February 14th was about 6,017 degrees Fahrenheit, That's only about 50 to 100 uh, degrees Celsius cooler than the surface, according to calculations from 2004, the researchers said in a statement. So, I'm sorry I read that terribly. (laughs) Hopefully that made sense. So, by ruling out cooling as an explanation for the dimming, they looked to dust. A comparison with our 2004 spectrum showed immediately that the temperature hadn't changed significantly. Philip Massey, an astronomer at Lowell Observatory, who co-authored the paper, along, paper alongside Emily Levesque, an astronomy professor at the University of Washington, said in the statement, We knew the answer had to be dust. I still want more explanation about why it has to be dust. Like I, <laughs> I That's what I'm hoping I'm about to read, and then it doesn't happen.
0: Well, mostly it was the, the temperature didn't fluctuate enough, so it had to be visual blockage.
1: I guess so. Yep. Let's see. Uh, it's likely that Betelgeuse sloughed off some material from its outer layers, the researchers said in the statement. This is not an uncommon behavior for red supergiants like Betelgeuse and would explain the dimming astronomers have observed. The team said, okay, there we go. So it sloughed off an outer layer of material mm-hmm. that clouded it yeah. and and made it look dimmer.
0: Yeah, it's no longer part of the star, but now it's just in the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So it like burped dust yeah.
0: <laughs> into like, space. Yeah. Very um, thick
1: burp. I've never heard about about this as like a behavior of supergiant red stars.
0: Well, and Beetlejuice is a, a variable supergiant. So like it dims all the time, but it's on like three or four different dimming cycles. So like it'll regularly dim like every, you know year or whatever Uh but then it's also on a couple of different schedules well while it's dimming on this this first one it's also doing like you know every 90 days or something so it has a few different things going on with it that like they've observed over the past hundred years or so I want to say but this was the first time that it had dipped so drastically Hmm. so everyone was kind of like what's going on
1: yeah I guess it was just super gassy
0: it was just it was just gassy you know it happens you know stars are gassy
1: yeah Uh, there's some more information here we see this all the time in red supergiants and it's a normal part of their life cycle Levesque said in a statement Red supergiants will occasionally shed material from their surfaces, which will condense around the star as dust. As it cools and dissipates, the dust grains will absorb some of the light heading towards us and block our view. So yeah. So I guess that's the story that they're Mm -hmm. sticking to.
0: I think it was probably just an unusual amount of dust for, for Beetlejuice, um, at least in recent viewing history, because like it happens all the time for other supergiants and they just hadn't, I don't know, uh, verified that sort of information. Because it takes a little bit of time to observe what's going on and to collect all the data and to yeah. do the, like, I wonder if there was any, um. Sp- oh, what's the word? Spectro <laughs> sp- spectrography? Spectrograph? Yeah, where, where Spect- they can actually yeah. tell what the elements are that oh. were, like, what. Uh, wavelengths are are being absorbed so they can tell actually what the dust clouds are made out of.
1: Mm, that'd be I, cool.
0: Yeah, we should do a little bit more digging and see what's yeah, going on. Yeah,
1: definitely. But, well, I always leave the links to these Space News articles because we don't cover the entire article unless right. it's really short. I it's, leave the links in the description <laughs> if anyone wants to check it out. I like this because it's funny, first of all, but second of all, because it's dusty, you know, like that's funny. Right. Uh, but also, I feel like they just like we just jump from like this ex- one extreme conclusion to another. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that science is just always developing and this is an imperfect science, like staring off into the sky and taking measurements and yeah. trying to see what's going on. at something that is so far away that we can only use the tools available to us. Um, and I mean, there could be another explanation that we just haven't found yet. But this just seems to be the most likely. Right.
0: This is all still very new, and yeah. they're still doing observations. They're still gathering information. So we could find out, you know, that we thought it was dust, but really it's a new particle. Like I don't probably yeah. not. It's, it's that. an alien it's, invasion. Don't, fleet. don't listen to me. <laughs> it's it's <best> science. <laughs>
1: It's Michael Keaton. It's It's
0: Michael Keaton in space. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's just blocking the view.
0: (laughs) You said his name and now he's blocking the light of Beetlejuice.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, So yeah, it doesn't seem like Beetlejuice is going to be going supernova because...
0: Probably not in our lifetimes.
1: Yeah, we probably would have seen like a temperature change or...
0: There would have been more fluctuations um, instead of just a little bit of the light being occluded.
1: Yeah, which the first time we talked about this, you were, you know sharing that it probably wasn't going to go yeah, supernova. A, a
0: lot of astronomers were like, okay, don't, you know, freak out. Don't be camping outside with your telescopes hoping yeah. to see a supernova happen right now. Right. But, um, you know, it's still a little exciting to to hope, like, what if we see something amazing yeah. and it changes the night sky as we know it?
1: But also, I also think it's, it is amazing to notice that a star that is, like, churning out these materials mm. had a big enough... Uh, churn that it was that visible this far yeah. away, like that's still it's super one of the interesting.
0: Brightest stars in the northern hemisphere to the naked eye, like yeah. everyone can visibly recognize that star and be like, "Oh yeah, that's obviously got a reddish tint to it." Right, and for it to drastically dim to the point where if you're in a city, you you might not even see it. You know, that's that's a huge change.
1: Yeah, and I just I love this type of stuff because. Like, every human being that lives on Earth that can see Beetlejuice mm-hmm. could experience the dimming of Beetlejuice. Yeah. You know, it's like a... It's a unifying experience. Definitely. Like, and it helps us to kind of keep in mind our place in the galaxy and that we are small.
0: And oh, yeah. That, That's you know, part of why I, I love a astronomy. a lot we don't know. You know? Yeah. You, you realize... Some of the the daily stuff, you know, like elections or whatever, like all of that stuff in the scheme of the universe mean nothing. You're just like, think about the beauty of science and how it can unify people with different languages and it it doesn't matter what's going on in your daily life. You just look up and you can see a star that someone on the other side of the planet can look up later and see the exact same star. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's something so beautiful about that. Yeah. I love it. And that's the Space News! Space
0: News! Space News!
1: All right, well, let's get into Firefly. Yes. Episode 8, So Ariel. we're officially
0: in the second half now.
1: We're in the second half. Yeah. It's taken us so long to get to the second half.
0: Making some progress.
1: But now we're, we're, we're moving at a steady clip. Yeah. So we're going to get there. Okay. Um, this episode fucking rocks. Like <laughs> This episode is so good. And every time I watch through this show, I watch out of gas. I'm like, God, that is so good. How could this show get any better? Mm-hmm. And then the very next episode is Ariel. And I'm like, yeah. damn, this show is good.
0: They, they really hit their stride and, like, figured out what they're doing. Now, they didn't film them in, in the order that they were um, showing oh, right, on Fox right, right. and all. But, but I really feel like by the time they had a few in the can, they really knew the... Uh, The characters, they knew the story they wanted to tell, at Mm -hmm. least in season one, and they really just nailed it with every episode by this point.
1: Yeah, there's like a string of episodes in a row that are just, like, bangers.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Classics for a reason.
1: Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't remember, or who hasn't seen it and is listening to this because it's fun um <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: experiencing firefly for the first time through, through this podcast. Us.
1: yeah Thank uh,
0: you.
1: <laughs> the basic premise of this episode is that simon thinks of this heist idea yeah
0: it's a heist episode yeah basically uh, i mean a lot of them are but yeah <laughs> yeah they're going
1: to this core planet um the name of the planet is it's ariel city right mm-hmm. what's the name of the planet i
0: think the Planet is also aerial. I think okay. it's the planet and the capital That's city is what also. I was wondering. Okay,
1: yeah. well, let's go with that. Yeah. If we're wrong, someone let us know. Let us know. uh So, basically, they're going to this core planet because Anara is going to like have her yearly checkup as a companion. Right. And while they're there, Simon comes up with this this great caper idea <laughs> where he wants to steal <laughs> medical supplies. Which is all a ruse. Well, not really a ruse, but like...
0: It's kind of... It's his yeah.
1: excuse to get the rest of the crew to break him into yeah. this hospital so he can scan River's brain and try to finally figure out what was done to her when she was, uh, you know... In we this... finally
0: start to get some answers exactly. on, on River. This yeah. is, this is a, a plot device to help us figure out what's going on in her brain, finally.
1: Yeah, and, and on top of all that, which is already like a great plot, yeah. on top of that, Jane decides to become a traitor and yep. sell out river and simon for a profit mm-hmm. so there's so much happening in this episode and it's all like every plot point just kind of leads into the next everything feels natural everything feels like it could happen yeah even though it's like kind of a crazy action intense it's episode. all very
0: plausible for yeah. each character right except i have one little gripe. Ooh. um Mal obviously knows. Okay, so the the episode starts off with everyone in the like the commissary area, and they're just like hanging out, and eating food, and just you know whatever, planning for dropping off Anara. But it's a normal day, right? And uh, then River has a little bit of a not a meltdown, but she has like a little glitch yeah. in her brain, and uh, she freaks out, and she slices this giant knife across jane's chest and like it's a deep cut
1: (laughs) it is shocking
0: it's like yeah it's shocking (laughs) that he didn't immediately try to kill her like he's a big guy he's a mercenary he's all about violence yeah he's just like a a very physical person and when someone attacks him he usually retaliates instantaneously and and puts that person down and so whenever that happens it's like okay, that's a little out of character for him to just, like, bite his time. So something's obviously gonna happen. Mm. And then... I thought he was
1: just so shocked. Because yeah. it's really... I mean, they're all just, like, having a good time, yeah. chatting it up. They're talk. I love that scene. Because they're talking about, like, what are we gonna do on this core planet? And mm. Wash is super excited about, like, wanting to go out and do fun shit. Mm-hmm. And is like, oh, there's actually, like, wonderful museums and restaurants. She's, like, and, like being a tour and, guide. And, yeah, and... <laughs> Wash is like, yeah, but, but like, fun stuff, too. <laughs> right. Uh, and then... And then River just grabs this giant knife and mm. walks over and slashes Jane across the chest. Right. and Like deep. It requires I, several stitches. I always forget it's going to happen and mm. it always surprises me. Mm. It, I it's forgot. It's sudden. It's like
0: yeah. one moment everything's fine and there's like happy music and people yeah. are laughing and, and chatting and stuff. She grabs the knife and boom, it happens. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, where did it's they come from? It's really intense. And there's like, there's blood. It's a deep cut. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, shocking if you're not expecting it.
1: Yeah, I felt like he was so surprised that he mm-hmm. didn't retaliate. And also, I feel like there's an element of her... Well, I mean, he punched her really hard in the face.
0: <laughs> well, he did. <laughs> yeah. That's not my actual gripe, though. Oh, okay. So. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so that's just like, okay, I I can maybe understand. And there were people like holding him back so that you know he didn't... After he hit River and she went flying across the room. But my gripe is that Mal understands his crew so well... That he knows that Jane is going to do something. In fact, he says something. Yeah.
1: Oh, he does. Yeah, totally.
0: Before the caper happens. He's like, are we going to have a problem? Right. He's like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm I'm talking talking about you and Simon. Simon. Is there going to be a problem? Yeah. He knows that something is going to happen. And it's not like they had to go do this caper... In five minutes, because like there's a bit of a montage. We right. see Wash and Kaylee go to the dump and they're like oh, fixing the up. The, that's great. It's, yeah. it's a charming Kaylee and, and Wash moment where they're like, oh, we get to play with stuff. Um, and they do a great job setting up the little ambulance that obviously took some time. Yeah. Why did Mal wait for Jane to actually betray everyone to do anything about it? Interesting. I feel like that's a poor captain-y moment.
1: Interesting. I've never Mm -hmm. questioned that. And I'm thinking about it now for the first time. Because, like... I love the way the episode ends. You know, we're, hmm. just, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. skipping around here, but it, it feels I love, great in
0: the moment. It's yeah, all I very love
1: when natural. Mal confronts Jane for hmm. betraying them, and Mal yeah. like figures it out yeah. when no one else knows. But
0: he knew before it right. was a problem. Why well, he
1: suspected. He he suspected. He suspected. He knew it was a possibility, but I uh, think yeah, that he trusted just, Jane enough to to trust him maybe. not to do that. I, I think when Jane told him, I'm not going to do it, yeah. he believed him. And I mean, the way he said he wasn't going to do it was not very believable. So yeah, that's I on didn't... Mal for believing it. But yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I hear what you're saying for sure. But I, I feel like it's like Jane has not betrayed him thus far. And I feel like with Jane, it's like an on-off switch. I'm either going to betray you or I won't.
0: Yeah. Well, they set it up in the, in the pilot. Totally. They set it up right away uh, where Mal says... um do- Dobson, Lawrence Dobson, yeah, 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 tried to get Jane to turn on Mal right away. Right, and Mal confronts him at the end of that episode, and he says, "Why didn't you turn on me?" And Jane says, "Money wasn't good enough." Right. What happens when it is? That'll be a very interesting day.
1: Right. And that's this episode. And that's this
0: episode. So they were yeah. setting it up. So Mal has always been a little bit wary. I just feel like he could have been a little bit more proactive about it. But yeah, then we wouldn't get I this episode. Well, I also so.
1: feel like. I also feel like. Jane didn't think he was betraying Mal. He thought he was betraying Simon and River and he could live with that.
0: He clearly thought that there was a distinction. Like, they weren't actually crew. Right. It was okay to to turn on them. Right.
1: And something else I love about this episode is that through uh, what happens with River, Simon, and Jane, I feel like they become crew more than they had been. Yeah. Because Simon and River don't find out in this episode that Jane sold them out. And if anything, they feel like Jane saved their lives. Because yeah. as soon as Jane sells them out, he's like, where's my reward? And then the, the federal agent's like, oh, you're under arrest and I'm taking the award. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Well, Simon doesn't figure it out. But I, I Oh, yeah, feel River knows.
1: River definitely yeah. knows. She, Absolutely. She knows
0: what's going on. Like, her brain lights up and she yeah. says things throughout the episode that's like-
1: Yeah. At the moment she wakes up when they're doing the caper, yeah. like when she wakes up from her coma and she- yeah. Like Look, copper looks for at hats. looks at jane like <laughs> yeah. you can tell that she immediately knows mm-hmm. that he's betraying them like oh, she yeah, can yeah, yeah. hear it in his yeah. thoughts yeah
0: it's like a neon sign for her she she uh can't not see it
1: yeah i was thinking about river in this episode because well obviously but <laughs> um there's that scene when they're in like mid-heist and they're mm-hmm. on their way the three of them river simon and jane are on their way to the the imager, where they're going to scan River's brain, uh-huh. and there's a man who's being given poor medical care <laughs> and is about to die. Yeah, and River knows this. Like she, I mean, we've talked before about before
0: it even happens, right? We've like, talked she about says it, and then the guy gives the stuff. exactly. Yeah. We've talked
1: about her like reading minds, mm-hmm. but this felt like precognition. Like this I felt like, like she this, was seeing the future.
0: I feel like this definitely, maybe she was realizing based on the doctor what he was like the thought process that he was going through before he did it hmm. possibly
1: but then she would need to know the medical science of what he was doing what the yeah. other guy had had done to him yeah i it seems more like she she is seeing the future and mm-hmm. later in the episode the same thing happens where she like the blue-handed agents
0: mm-hmm. are
1: come are coming and she like yeah. senses them coming I is it because she hears their thoughts or because she's seeing the future?
0: I think they're they're deliberately making it vague in mm-hmm. this episode so that they could try to unfold it later on in the in the series.
1: Right. Which we did see it get, going but I could We got yeah, a lot of in the movie. Yeah,
0: we got a lot more of that in the movie. I could see it going either way. Um,
1: I like she, to think it's both.
0: <laughs> I, I like to think it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. you know, if they messed with her brain and she's, you know, a genius type person, um, she can either string together the facts that are available to come to an obvious deduction for someone who's okay, capable of that. She's like, hearing all these Like Adrian thoughts. Veidt in in sure. Watchmen, you know, like yeah. he can just figure that stuff out. You yeah. know, what's gonna happen. It's almost 20 it seems years like in the precognition
1: because he's yep. so smart, he's seeing all the angles. He's yeah. seeing what is probably gonna happen. He's
0: ruling out all the things that are, yeah. you know, probably not gonna happen and going with the most likely. Yeah. Um or maybe she can just they're they're close enough at that point maybe they're within like a certain range and she's able to to feel them in real time yeah like maybe they were in the neighborhood and she's like oh no they're close enough they're on planet or they're you know they're gonna get us because they're coming to the hospital yeah but i i like to think it's a little bit of both
1: yeah i was i was thinking about that because i've always thought about her superpowers being strength and Mm -hmm. warrior prowess and mind reading yeah maybe there's also some precognition in there
0: I, they really go more um, like mental abilities in the show, and then in the in the movie, they really it's focused physical. on physical, like right. the physicality totally. of the fact that she's a dancer, so she can kick someone behind her head. Yeah, they really, really tried to show off some of those with all the stunt with the moves fight choreography. and the fight choreography, yeah. and the fact that she's like hanging out on the ceiling because she's bendy. You know, that was all the physicality of it. But in the show, it was more. Um, nuanced yeah because they had time to play with it i think
1: yeah i've always preferred the 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 version of the show Mm -hmm. although i i I don't have an issue with her having this physical prowess also i think that's cool like
0: yeah
1: and it makes sense if you know i mean basically these government experiments were being done to her to try to turn her into a superhero yeah they're trying to make super soldiers
0: i i think they were definitely trying to enhance all of her not just right, her brain right um so she's a
1: great kisser now yeah
0: i know you would not believe the cupcakes that she can bake now it's amazing <laughs> best yeah. in the universe
1: paul hollywood loves them
0: <laughs> but yeah no i i <laughs> good think
1: flavor good texture it's very good very good river that's the worst accent i'm sorry
0: it's okay yeah it's better than i can do <laughs> <laughs> pru
1: thinks they're shit though anyway <laughs>
0: Um, uh, <laughs> I've sidetracked derailed you. Derailed with, with cupcakes. Great British Bake Off.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. They're they're enhancing all of her skills. Yeah. Yeah. So and giving her superpowers as many as they can. Right. That's what, that's cram, what we're extrapolating.
0: Cram them all in there. You know.
1: Yeah. It's fine. That scene where River is scanning her or Simon is scanning River's brain. Mm. The way that they visualized that was so good. I love that. I
0: really like that, and I feel like it's something that seems totally practical for the way that you know technology is now 500 years in the future why wouldn't they be using real-time yeah like hollow x-rays yeah to do you know do like a um virtual reality overlay right. above the patient so you can see exactly what's going on you yeah. know as you're looking at them
1: there's that one shot where it's kind of Like, coming up towards Simon as he's, like, stretching out Mm -hmm. and moving around this hologram with his fingers. And
0: this was all before, like, Iron Man. Right. And, like, it's common practice today. But back in 2002, 2003, this was a big deal.
1: Yeah. And, like, the show looks, like, so good. For being so shitty, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't think this show is shitty by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. But, yeah. like, it if you look well. if you look closely, you can kind of see how it was assembled, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's the budget that they had. Yeah. Like, you can tell that they had some real buildings that they then threw up some fake walls in. Yeah. Uh, you can tell, like, when things are CG and when they aren't. But...
0: It helps but that we were like watching the, it on a Blu-ray. On, yeah, on a giant TV. <laughs> on a pretty big screen, here. Yeah. But the
1: totality of it is so... Good mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what any of the technical limitations
0: were. Yeah, it was like none if, of it was jarring.
1: Yeah, not at all. Like, if you look closely, you can say, oh, well, when they're approaching this building and this big CG shot, when you're mm-hmm. over this capital city, you can see yeah. all these ships flying in the air, but then where they land on the roof, there's nothing in the air anymore. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, who cares? Like, yeah. I, I, it all made sense. I like to look at things with a critical eye because, like, I like to see when it when I can I like to see through the seams sometimes. Mm. I find I find it interesting to see like what are the limitations that these filmmakers had yeah. and what did they do with their limitations? And I feel like Firefly more than almost any show does more within their limitations than almost any show it's because in- they're just using point. what they have so well. Mm-hmm. Like the performances, the design of the special effects, if not like the overall like, finished quality, although I really love the quality, but, like, it looks like CG. Like, you're not going to think it's real. Right. But what they did with it is so good, you mm-hmm. know, like in so many different scenarios. They did
0: really nice work. I appreciated in this episode that they really kind of hung a lantern on the fact that the crew is not used to all of this shiny, fancy core, right. like, technological living. Like, they're playing horseshoes. Like, old school throwing <laughs> a, an arch of metal at a stick of metal
1: <laughs> yeah. as
0: entertainment on their ship when they're on this planet that is full of, you know, bioluminescent lakes and yeah. all kinds of majesty that they're trying to hype at the beginning of the episode. But um, they, they choose... To kind of distance themselves from that, yeah, it's and a choice that's
1: also really interesting like this is another example of using everything is that all of the dialogue is character development like there's no dialogue that is meaningless when they're just shooting the shit with each other you learn about the characters you learn about the world i love that so much like that's my ideal you know i love that it's
0: all very tight writing
1: yeah so anyway you learn that like zoe absolutely does not want to step foot on this planet Mm -hmm. and you can tell that it's it's more than just her fear of you know getting picked up off the street for littering like she hates this lifestyle well
0: yeah she She fought fought against this for the independence right everything that this planet stands for she's against right and she and mal are very clearly like nope we're not gonna do any sightseeing we're not gonna do any tourism we're in and out we're dropping off an hour that's it yeah um
1: whereas like wash who didn't fight in the war yeah wants to go do that stuff like he doesn't see the inherent evil in this society, which is that it is conform or die. Mm-hmm. You know, it is like, do what we tell you, live with within the confines that we give you, yeah. or go to jail, Even or worse. Even Kaylee a
0: little bit. She's like, oh man, I was going to go to the Triplex, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, she was kind of excited to see a new planet, and wasn't at all thinking about the politics of, of where they were. It was right, just experiencing a new place.
1: Yeah, and it's just really good character writing that Mal and... Zoe just obviously can't ignore that. Can't ignore the political. It's part of who they are. Yeah, it's what they fought against. It's what they fought to stop. And they lost. Mm -hmm. And now they just skirt this society. I was surprised that they were able to fly in without being ID'd and arrested.
0: It does seem a little weird to me. I mean, they... Uh, Obviously, for the purposes of the episode, had to, like, get to the point, like, this is what's happening in the heist, and, you know, there's only 40 minutes or so to tell the whole story, but it does seem a little weird that this is one of the more populous core planets, you know, and, like, they clearly have everything... Kind of like tracked, you know. Like there's badges and ident cards and things that people have to use. And like Jane pulled out a card just to even swipe to call the police, you know, mm. in the episode with the with the video where he was right, right. Pu- pulling him in. So like,
1: I love those props, so good. Those
0: are some good props. Um
1: Sorry, I derailed just, you. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> so
0: you're talking about props, and I'm like, oh man, those those alliance hats are so stupid. <laughs> 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 those like floppy. Like, it's not even a full, like, chef hat, but it's just, like, a floppy kind of bray. Yeah. It's so distracting every time I see them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I derailed us. I can pause and we can look at what you were saying, because oh. we are recording.
0: <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm going to do it. Hold <laughs> on. And we're back.
0: <laughs> it never happened.
1: Yeah. Continue.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, how did they even get... How did they land on this world to do all the heist prepping and getting the uniforms and the ambulance and, and making the contacts and everything to get in here without tripping some sort of alarm. Like, there should be, you know, space... Ports or yeah, something. Space where, cops. Space cops where they have to like check in. Like right. all of these ships have paperwork. They yeah. have, they have They've call been cleared numbers, for landing. Like, cleared They've been by scanned. By whom? The most yeah. inept guards ever? Like these well, guys are fugitives.
1: So the episode, we already saw the episode early in the season where um they were captured. in uh, Episode three, they were captured and interrogated, mm-hmm. um, but then they were let go because of Shepard Book's yeah. ident card. So, maybe they've been taken off of maybe the they were, wanted list.
0: Maybe that, yeah.
1: Maybe they're now flying free until they...
0: No, because um, Jamestown, when they go to Higgins Moon... Yeah. Um, they do some some gobbledygook saying that there was a, a Firefly um, class vessel that was flagged. Yeah. And we had port control lock it just to see what's going on. Yeah. I think I feel like there was enough like technical
1: Yeah, stuff so it seems like there's still there's still a, a flag wanted. on yeah. yeah.
0: They don't maybe necessarily have the exact like what's that like the the space vin or whatever yeah. on the on the spaceship, you know, they don't have the exact call number, but yeah. they know roughly that it's a firefly class and you you think there'd be a little bit more scrutiny.
1: Yeah, and the only reason I bring it up is not to nitpick, but because I like that they are always on the run. Yeah. That's part of the show that I like.
0: No, it and adds I, to and the like
1: coming into this This is like going into the wolf's den, you know? And there's something really exciting about that. And I would have loved them to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. and to say like, oh, this is what we're doing to mask our signature so we can fly in. Yeah, I wanted just like
0: one line thrown in to be like, oh, this is how we skirted the guys back at the checkpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I know this episode is jam-packed with shit that I love, like front to back. And I'm asking for more because I'm greedy, <laughs> I mean, but but it's something that I like about the show is that they're always like on the lookout for being arrested, and, and mm-hmm. it's and it, it stuck it out adds to me to that, the suspense. yeah, it stuck out to me that that was missing from this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, there's so much about this episode that I just love. Like the preparing for the heist was incredible. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a good montage.
1: Yeah, how long do you think that that took in real time?
0: at least a week right and like they gotta like wash fix and kaylee up this ship. are great but they took a derelict like hull of an ambulance that's supposed to be like a hover car or like a shuttle of its own and they built it back up from scratch yeah that can't be done in an afternoon that right. had to have taken days at least but i would say i would say a week
1: so how long was Anara's checkup?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, how long was she actually gone? And yeah. the other thing is, she played it off as a routine checkup. But was it? Because mm. we know later on um, that she actually has deeper, more uh, serious medical condition. Oh. Was it just a routine? Or was it like, you know, space chemo? You know, yeah. like what? What was it that she was actually there for? Spimo, as they call Spemo. it in the future. Yeah, yeah. we don't know, and we, we would have found out later, but we didn't get that opportunity. Yeah, so that's, we just have to. We just have to assume.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a couple of like logistical flags that go up when I watch this, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I. But it's things that I can easily right. explain away. It's 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 my nitpicky brain. Doug always makes fun of me for this shit. He's like, who cares? No, it doesn't matter.
0: It's fun if you're just watching it, but like the instant you're gonna dissect it even a little bit, then you realize that there's there's a lot of missing hmm. bits that you have to fill in for yourself as the audience.
1: And I don't mind that as yeah. long as there's a framework that seems like well intentioned and makes sense. Yeah. And, and would, this for sure. I'm like, they put so much detail in this episode yeah. and I love it so much. So I'm we don't like question happy you at happy the to, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to have to fill in a couple of things after yeah. the fact. So basically her checkup took two weeks. They right. were there for two weeks. Right. That's she it. she and,
0: had a long yeah. wait because, um, you know the national health service or whatever yeah. there was a queue and she had to wait for her doctor and yeah. it was it was fine <laughs> and and
1: let's just say there's so many firefly class vessels coming into the core planets that it's actually less suspicious to go yeah. to the core planet than it is to fly around in the outer reaches of the galaxy boom we solved it it's fine yeah
0: i would much rather that writers let us fill in the blanks than have something <laughs> spoon-fed that yeah. is so stupid yeah. that like that would never that like breaks canon with just like a fly line that they just inserted for the sake of brevity right it's much better that they let us figure it out for ourselves
1: yeah we were talking before we started recording about how how much you hate it and i agree when audiences or when uh, writers assume that the audience is dumb yeah like try to su- assume the audience's intelligence and then that's one play of the
0: worst that. things for breaking um immersion yeah. in a story it's just like i'm gonna sit here and explain it to you
1: what the fuck?
0: Uh-oh. We're back. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing to see here, internet.
1: Um so- my computer straight up rebooted itself and this fucking <laughs> no software warning. saved every moment. I yeah. didn't lose anything. I'm so excited. I just I wanted to just tell everyone cuz I'm that excited. <laughs> we didn't lose a word. Nothing. You can even hear me saying, what the fuck? <laughs> and that was a so, real that was a real angry what the fuck.
0: That was, yeah, that was legitimate. Not about what I was talking about, but the computer restarting.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so my one gripe with Picard is that they've explained s- various plot points over and over yeah. and over <laughs> again. Yes. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. We know what Picard is up to. We know why he's on the spaceship with these people. We know where he's going. We know that he's doing these things for various reasons, and we know what's going up with the Romulans. <laughs> Obviously, these things are transparent. Please stop explaining them to right. me again. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, and it's I I get that critique. That's something that we've been talking about a bit in star trek club it's something that i've been hearing mm-hmm. in a podcast that i listen to they're they're just complaining about that constantly mm-hmm. but for me it, it doesn't feel like i'm being talked down to it feels like i'm being given the chance to see what other characters think about the main plot so well, it feels to... like character development to me. okay so i like it but I hear, I hear you. And if I, I haven't
0: thought about it that way, but it just yeah. seems like we got to
1: see Riker's redundant. thoughts on on everything. Yeah. I'm like, this is the best thing that's happened to me yeah, in no. a long time.
0: That was that was great. This I is love, the best thing that's happened since that Baby episode. Yoda. <laughs> baby
1: Yoda. But yeah, and Firefly is. never does that. Firefly never talks down to you. Right. It never. It always assumes your intelligence and just presents a world that is as right. real as they can, unless given you their interpret. Limitations.
0: Anytime there's a hole or yeah. something that's unclear, it you know, it lets you fill in the blanks as needed or it's like, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Just be patient. We'll reveal it in time.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. And that's some of the, the best works out there. Movies, TV shows, stories on paper, interpretive dance. It's the stuff that lets you interpret it your own way without being force fed. Mm-hmm too much. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get to see a little bit more nuance than just being like, this is exactly how these things happened. Here are all the points. Nothing else happened. Yeah. That's boring. That's bad writing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, and I like shows like, uh, you know, the whole DC Arrowverse, which I've been watching through Mm -hmm. for a little while now. I love it. You know, I'm having a blast watching it, but it definitely, does not assume my intelligence, you know?
0: <laughs> well, so, and sometimes it's fun to not have to think too hard about your entertainment. Right. You know, it's just, it's right. pretty. It's just, it pretty. It's just absolutely. It's, you know, it's.
1: That's why I love the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah that's and that's why like, everybody loves it.
1: And there's there's a time and a place for it, and I feel mm-hmm. like that time and a place is the DC Arrowverse. It's like, yeah. don't assume my intelligence; just assume that I'm pa- I'm half paying attention and telegraph right. everything to me, yeah. um, so that I'll get it. And I I like that in that scenario, and you know, that's it works kind for of me. Part
0: of the the like comic book genre, though, things sure. are. Overblown, They're over the top. And sometimes a villain needs to be grandiose and obvious, you know?
1: But on the flip side of that, as with comic books, Mm. if you try to take the story seriously, you run into a lot of problems.
0: That's true. Where
1: there are, like, plot holes everywhere. And that's the thing where, like, for me personally, when I want to dive into a fandom, I Mm. kind of want those holes to be fillable so that you can... you know expand your suspension of disbelief yeah and it gives you really try to pretend it's real because it's just more fun for me yeah Yeah.
0: to like create new stories later if you fill in all the holes then there's no no other story to tell right right right. you've blocked yourself into a certain canon that like well nothing else is possible now right so you've got to leave a little bit open
1: yeah star wars is the best example of this i think where like Mm -hmm. the original trilogy everything felt Real to me, yeah. And then the prequel trilogy felt like it broke the realness of the original, and Come it on, hurt. Come
0: on, Yeah,
1: I know. I like hurt my soul.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I spent years trying to recover from that trauma. <laughs> um, and it's yeah. like the one time in my life where that happened in a way that was like really bad for me. You know, mm. like where it affected my emotional health <laughs> because yeah. I was so into Star Wars. Yeah. But I, that's how deep into things that I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, trying to balance. It's like hard. my expectations has been yeah. a real challenge for me that I feel like I've finally gotten a little bit better at. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is so comforting to watch Firefly because you don't have to do that. Cause this show fucking rocks. It like does. this show just works on every level, on
0: every level and over and over again. So that's, that's part of why everybody loves it. Cause yeah. you know, you can rewatch it and the nostalgia doesn't disappoint. Yeah, man, I love this show. I'm gonna watch it again. It's still good. Yes,
1: absolutely. So, like the moment this episode started tonight, yeah. I think I actually audibly sighed because I was so happy. <laughs> it's just like, immediately, it's
0: like comfort food.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. this uh, this is one of the best episodes. I think mm-hmm. I absolutely put this at, towards the top of the list.
0: I I like this one. It's it it's got a couple of things that are distracting for me, like the the Mel Jane situation, um, but overall. I, I think it's one of the better episodes. Yeah.
1: I think it might be my second favorite. Oh. Maybe my third. Well, I'll let you know when we get to the end of the season. Right okay. now, it's in second place out of yeah. all the ones we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Right behind Out of Gas. Yeah. Um, And the only reason it's behind Out of Gas is that I feel like Out of Gas has more emotional punch. Oh, like yeah. I'm much more emotionally affected by it right whereas yeah. this one is like an amazing romp
0: it is it's fun it's different this is the first time that we're really seeing a core planet right more than just like you know a, a flash of a ship or, or right something, and you they know? visualize it so well yeah they did a really <laughs> nice job um a couple of things um for everybody who's listening to this you probably already know um And if you haven't seen the movie, uh, this location is the same location where they open the movie, um, where Simon is rescuing River from the Alliance... That, um, then that that was Academy another moment place. for me where I was yeah. like
1: my suspension of disbelief is broken. <laughs> that's that's like you know that's yeah. interesting because we talk about my disappointment with the movie. Mm. Sorry to interrupt you, but no,
0: no, that's that's.
1: I, <laughs> I just had a realization that that's mm. why I have problems with that movie is that it breaks my suspension of disbelief for the Firefly universe, yeah, which I had been all in on on the show.
0: It immediately starts on a different note, yeah, um, which seems a little jarring if you're expecting more. Uh, kind of backwater rim planet action that, like, the show is really most comfortable exploring.
1: Yeah, it starts with Simon doing this heroic rescue mission in this hospital.
0: Which kind of can- contradicts, I mean, we can could, we could talk about it later, but it kind of yeah. contradicts his story of what happened when he was telling them when he first gets on the ship, like, oh, I paid some people and they got her out.
1: Right, totally. That's
0: not what happened. (laughs) I paid
1: some people and they got me in and I did a daring rescue. And it was very exciting and we're going to watch it in the (laughs) beginning of this movie. Um, But, you know, I was thinking about that tonight when we watched Ariel. And there's a couple moments in this episode where, where Simon shows some real... balls (laughs) like he shows some real grit and you can actually kind of imagine him being able to do that daring rescue mm -hmm. and i'd never really thought about it in those terms i've always been like i can't imagine simon doing this yeah this is him
0: in his element he's in a core planet hospital this is like yeah where that's where he feels brave yeah yeah
1: yeah i mean he was he was a good member of like this crime group tonight
0: (laughs) what did uh what did mel say he has a real criminal mastermind. He's or, got like a something. real,
1: a real mind for crime or yeah, something.
0: Yeah. It was, Yeah. it was nice. It was, it was a good episode.
1: Yeah. Like Simon showing them the medicine that he has in his med bag and mm-hmm. saying like, this is how much this is worth. Yeah. This is how much this is worth. And there's so much more at the mm-hmm. hospital. And all you have to do is break me in. <laughs> and he's
0: so confident when he yeah. just walks in and is like, I have a heist. Here's yeah. the whole plan. It was, it was nice. It was refreshing to see him, comfortable in his own skin for once yeah still on the lam
1: (laughs) yeah you also get some great character development for him Mm -hmm. where river says you should be here being one of these surgeons and then you see it happen where he saves this man's life because he's a better doctor than the doctor who actually works there Mm -hmm. uh so you really get a sense of what he's given up to save his sister which also is character development for the world kind of saying like that was worth it because this in this universe, the core planets are that corrupt. you know that yeah. they are kidnapping people's sisters and for and and stripping their amygdalas to try to make <laughs> them into superheroes. like <laughs> right, that's so clearly, fucked up.
0: like augmenting their own people. and like that's just the the tip of it. Like we never really get to see all, all the other students in this place. like it was being posed as a school. They're clearly bringing in all kinds of you know, talented recruits or whatever. But all we ever get to see is River's story. We right. We don't find out what happens to the rest of those kids that didn't get busted out of there. Right. You know?
1: They go into that a little bit in the comic books. Yeah. Which is really fun. Like another River type person shows yeah. up in one of the comics I read.
0: I'm still saving those for a rainy day when mm. I'm like, I, I, I like knowing yeah. that there's more content because for so long there wasn't. Right. <laughs> so I'm Well, now I'm they're
1: back in production.
0: Hesitant. To, did you read any of the the books?
1: No, I, th- I think that's what I'm thinking of actually is that they're making new novels, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should check
0: that out. I that read would the be first fun. One. Um, was it good? Big Damn Hero, I think it was called. Um, it was pretty good. It gives a lot more um, insight on mm. on other brown coats and like what happens to people afterward. Yeah. Um,
1: if it's, does it, was, it feel it does it feel like the show is my question. Do the characters feel intact?
0: Yeah, it felt very true to the characters and to the the verse that they had built okay, cool. within the, the TV show, so I didn't feel like anything was nothing was jarring or mm,
1: I might um, check it out. Because out of canon. <laughs> I, I always want more of my favorite things. And mm-hmm. there's so much good Star Wars content out there. Yeah. But there is not a lot of great Star Trek content out there. I might be speaking out of turn here, but mm. I have read a handful of Star Trek books mm-hmm. and none of them were good. There was only one that was good.
0: It's hard.
1: And I read the second part of the one that was good and it was fucking terrible. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like written by someone else. And yeah. the, the quality control does not seem to be there as much with the Star Trek novelizations. And for mm. me, it was like the, the moral content of Star Trek was just completely not present. Oh. So it was like pointless.
0: Well, that's really hard for Star Trek because it's yeah. like the whole point. That's
1: the whole point. And if that's <laughs> yeah. not intact, then like what's yeah. the point?
0: What, what is it? And the characters
1: even? were like wildly different oh. than they were in the shows. And Oh, no, that's no good. I'm like, I can't, I just can't deal with this. Yeah. It's just not, it doesn't feel like Star Trek, so why am I wasting my time? Hmm. Whereas Star Wars back in the day with like the legends content, it really felt like more star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. And if the firefly books feel like more firefly, then I'm really,
0: yeah. I only read the, excited about it. I want to say all three of them are out now. Cause again, I'm doling them out slowly. Like as a little treat every once in a while, to be like, Oh yeah, there's more firefly. Yeah. Um, so I read the first one. Um, I want to say all three of them came out. Hang on. So big damn hero, the Magnificent Nine and Generations? Oh, is there a fourth one now? Oh boy. Generations? So behind. As uh, in Star Trek
1: Generations? I know, what are right? they pulling like, over there?
0: Recycling your words. Uh, okay, and then The Ghost Machine. I wasn't even aware there was a f- oh, fourth wow. one. That's because it's not out yet. Okay. okay. Uh, so the first three are out, and they're different authors, they're different stories. Um, the fourth one is called the ghost machine and it will be released at the end of April, April 28th. So I cool. I can read the second and maybe third one. Cause there's more coming up. So. Yeah. That's as, long as I know that there's something waiting. Right. Later, right. 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 As like, long as you're not
1: caught up. <laughs> I, right. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to be
0: done again and just have yeah. nothing left.
1: So well, I, I should, highly encourage yeah. you to finish the comics. I know Correct. that you've read some of them. Yeah. We've talked about a few, mm-hmm. but the last few that i read that were like the newest ones mm-hmm. were really awesome mm-hmm. and expanded the story post movie in a way that made me like the movie a little bit more Oh, nice all yeah. right
0: well if it brings you around on the movie it's probably pretty good
1: i mean i haven't watched the movie in years like yeah. we're gonna watch it when we get to the end yeah. of this i process. know you i know you am excited it.
0: i i liked it um
1: I think that liking it is correct. Like I yeah. I would never try to convince someone to not like something. Like if okay. you like something, yeah. I'm jealous. I want you to try to convince me to like it. Right. But I'm still gonna point out why I don't like it because I it, can't like, keep my mouth shut. If
0: it was too jarring or it didn't like just didn't rub right with you, then yeah. you know, that's that's valid. I'm not yeah. gonna try to be like, You have to like the movie. Right. I just like I want to that there was
1: I'll probably like it more this time than I've ever liked it in the past. Yeah. Cause, because I have been, like, honestly working on this, like, <laughs> trying <laughs> well, to like things more. Up to it. Yeah, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, change my expectations of what I'm watching. Mm. Like,. Lost in Space is a great example. The yeah. The new show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's like the first season of Lost in Space was really bad.
0: How many episodes were the first season? I think 10. Okay. There's
1: 10 in the second. And uh, Andy and I are watching it right now. We're like m- over halfway through the season. Okay. And we were undecided on whether or not we wanted to watch it because we both thought oh, okay. the first season was terrible. Yeah. Um, But there's like the core concept of Lost in Space is so compelling and Mm -hmm. i love the movie from the 90s so much and i (laughs) i'm also very oh you love that movie
0: i do yes i love that movie (laughs) i'm so
1: excited that that you like that movie that's one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. and it's like a dumb movie but i love it
0: no but it was it was perfect for what it was trying to be
1: yeah totally
0: it was kind of campy and it was just like you know entertainment value
1: absolutely and that's something Enjoying that i Joe in space yeah exactly that's yeah. like something that i look for in movies is like you know like the mummy is another perfect example of a movie that's oh just God, like the perfect mummy? it's yeah. just so entertaining yeah,
0: yeah, yeah the sequels just so bad forget about all the yeah. sequels but the original movie is gold
1: absolutely it's mm-hmm. so good i've yeah. i've I, those are two movies that I always bring up is like The Mummy and yeah. uh, Lost in Space as being like two of the most entertaining, fun movies oh, yeah. ever made. Yeah. They're just super great. And, and they
0: stand up well.
1: Yeah. And it's not that they like teach you anything about humanity the way that sci-fi does <laughs> yeah. that I always You're love. You're supposed
0: to learn anything from these. They're just... Yeah. Uh... You're
1: going to learn how to have a good time.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: And I feel like the Lost in Space show is attempting to do that. It's mm. just that the way that they've gone about it is like really silly it's mm. just by playing it super straight and having disaster after disaster yeah. and in season one that just annoyed the fuck out of me but in season two i feel like mm. the show is starting to like recognize its own silliness okay like it's it's like recognizing that it's taking itself too seriously and making fun of itself a little bit mm. and that really adds to the experience okay. and on top of that i'm trying to like enjoy things that i enjoy and not get upset when i don't like a decision that a creator's making because, mm. like, why Why am I getting upset? Like, that's yeah. a waste of energy. Yeah, that's true. You know? Um, and, I, and I hate toxic fan culture, and I don't want to participate <sighs> it.
0: Definitely. Like, if you don't like a thing, just move on. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, you know, bash it on the internet or, you right. know, leave hate comments. Just, you didn't like it. It wasn't for you. It right. was clearly meant for someone else. Go find something that is for you.
1: Right. And I think I used to fall into this trap of, like, Wanting other people to feel the same way about things that I did and mm. trying to convince them to, uh, which is, which is crazy. Like, yeah.
0: that's, that's... It, but
1: it's the natural thing to want to do. You know, like that's my natural instinct.
0: Right. Well, that's uh, a good way to go crazy. Don't right. Do that. <laughs> totally.
1: But I, what I've, what I've learned is like, I actually really love when people love the same things as me for different reasons. It's like part um... of the reason that I love talking to Doug about science fiction. Yeah. He and I always have the opposite opinion mm-hmm. on everything like he thinks the last episode of star trek enterprise was a great episode and that's crazy talk
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, i can't um, i can't comment but it is you're interesting. lucky
1: it's bad oh no don't watch it oh boy uh, and he doesn't even like firefly like he tried <gasps> watching it and just didn't like it so he didn't watch it and i asked him about Doug, this recently and he was what? saying like he actually said <laughs> something along the lines of like i thought that people liked firefly um oh, what i'll have to ha- have him say this
0: douglas i'm so disappointed
1: like he thought that people were liking Firefly ironically, and I'm like, no, dude, it's just awesome. It's like,
0: like a like a cult classic, kind of like funny, right. Irony, right? That oh, smack the mic. Um, <laughs> no, it's
1: it's just it's just good. It's really my, good.
0: Hurting my feelings,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, and it's like hard to not sometimes be like upset by yeah. that, but at the same time, I'm like, I think a lot of Doug's... I think that Doug's opinion about that Enterprise episode is crazy. And he likes that episode. So, huh. like, I'm doing the same thing to him. Yeah. So, why don't we just, like, enjoy each other's opinions. Yeah. And not be upset that they're not the same. Like, they don't have to be the same. We don't all have to be the same. Right. We can be different and that's still love boring. each other. <laughs>
0: yeah. Same is boring.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: But that's an interesting way to look at it. To um, appreciate the opinion for what it is. And not try to make it conform to anything else any other expectations but to just enjoy the the otherness of it
1: yeah exactly that's nice yeah i agree i've been like and so i've been applying that to um watching things also it's Mm -hmm. like this is this creator's vision okay and it's not what i would do with lost in space but then there are moments in it that i love like there was this thing in the first episode of season two this is a tiny spoiler but Mm -hmm. um it's okay they actually like harness the ship with a sail and then and then put it on water and sail it oh nice i've never seen that before in That's sci-fi interesting. yeah it was
0: rad they made it into like a <laughs> literal boat yeah they did
1: <laughs> So that they could, like, sail to these electrical storms where That's they really could, cool. like, power the ship. It was awesome. Mm. And then, like, a bunch of silly things happened and, like, mm. so many disasters happened and, you mm. know. And I I kind of cross my eyes at those moments and don't necessarily follow what's happening because I don't care as much. Yeah. Because if I try to care about it, it makes me angry. Yeah. But, like, if I pull back a hair and say, wow, like, that scene was awesome. I I loved it so much. And it makes watching the show worth it.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, But I highly recommend playing... A game on Nintendo Switch while you watch, so you can okay. pause it when cool thing happens, and then go back to your game when, so you're only when the dumb shit's going on.
0: Partially paying attention to the not great moments, right?
1: It's like how I watch Love Island with Andy; okay. it's super relaxing. <laughs> but like, I can't Begantance. watch Firefly that way. I need to put all my attention in it.
0: Yeah, well, that's something that I think if you invest all of your attention, you're going to get rewarded,
1: right? Consistently, which is why it's so good,
0: right? Which is yeah. why we love it
1: absolutely and it's one of the only shows that i feel that way about where you could really invest your time in studying it you Mm -hmm. know and it would be so rewarding because you're like diving into this great piece of art that was made by an amazing team of artists
0: that care and respect for the audience
1: (laughs) and it stands the test of time it does and it's fucking entertaining
0: yes
1: we have not talked about the blue-handed men
0: yes we should (laughs) so ryan mentioned that he made a prop one time for Mm -hmm. a costume he and i both at various times have dressed up as the two by two hands of blue gentleman. yeah um because it's like one of the easiest costumes for halloween of all time and nerds everywhere recognize it you know you get some blue latex gloves you put on a black suit and (laughs) it's like you're good to go you're scary okay
1: (laughs) yeah totally yeah yeah just look creepy
0: yeah the
1: casting of those two men is mm-hmm. impeccable yes like the, the combination main, of their faces yeah. is very unsettling
0: the main guy that does most of the the lines yeah was one of the gentlemen
1: i remember this yeah from the buffy episode from
0: uh hush of buffy yeah. because he's so good right with like non-verbal movements and and just Creepiness without using any words.
1: He does more with this role than Mm -hmm. anyone's ever done with this amount of of lines and like like, directions. He does so much with it. Yeah. It's incredible. He's so upsetting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can just tell that these two dudes are like the worst of the worst. Yeah. And they come in with their like murder stick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and make like, you bleed out your nails. M- murder glow stick. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then you die. Yeah. And it's really creepy. It's
0: really upsetting. Yeah. Like, even after having seen this episode dozens of times, when that guy starts bleeding from the face and the nails, and then, like, a second later, it's just, like, gushing out of his mouth, that's really, like, nerve-wracking to yeah. think about, like, he just got dissolved. From the inside out in seconds, right? Like it's, and yeah, now he's a pile of goo, it's and it was just, painful. And it you was, could tell, and he felt it. And like you hear the blood-curdling scream that yeah. time, and the second time that they get somebody, right? It's, it's messed up.
1: Yeah, and the screams are so upsetting that mm. even Jane, who was like about to try to fight his way out, is yeah. like, "Let's go the other direction, yeah, because that sounds rough <laughs> that way."
0: The like instant fear on his face—you only ever see that. Um, when people talk about reavers. Right. That's like, like, instinctual, like, lizard brain. Right. We need to flee or we're going to die. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: interesting that deep inside of this really brave dude is a little Mm -hmm. coward. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just just a small one.
0: He just wants to survive and like, he knows that you can't fight everything.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's interesting. You, when you see fear in his eyes, is interesting. Mm. Cause you like, know,
0: you know that it's something that's actually scary.
1: Totally. Yeah. And and I, I like Just that a lot. I mean, it really works for the audience mm. to get it. It's like, it this is it bad. It without know?
0: having to like, exposition why we should be scared.
1: Yeah. You know, like, like Worf doesn't feel fear. He's like <laughs> conquered his fear. But when <laughs> Worf is afraid, something We're, bad's happening. Something
0: big and scary's happening. Yeah.
1: Mm. Or someone is, trying to mate with him
0: that also scares <laughs> that is him that's scary that's very sure. scary you
1: gotta we gotta build up that confidence <laughs> Worf. um oh he ended up with Jadzia. he's doing fine
0: oh i did.
1: i mean he's dated like most of the hottest women in star trek so uh, okay he's doing fine He'll, not to quantify okay. women by their looks but right but, but go seems, Worf. i he mean he seems to be doing come okay. on <laughs> it's,
0: good. it's good for him
1: yeah between Troy <laughs> and De- jedzia he's you know yeah. he's he, and and Kalar, he's got all let's move on <laughs>
0: that's a different episode
1: yeah uh yeah that's a different show different show and but anyway still a part of my childhood i can't deny it no. i had crushes on people on star trek when i was a kid yeah. i'm not ashamed of it
0: no that's and
1: it was all three of those women and morph got all three of them and i was jealous <laughs> but then to paul the came along and i'm like this is this she's she's mine and then yeah i i'm I love trip too. So I wasn't even that jealous. I'm like, I just want to join <laughs> you two and me <laughs> just the three of us. I'm really going off on a tangent here. Um, so, blue handed men, yes, super iconic, blue-handed men. terrifying.
0: Uh, yeah. Great villains there. Amazing I'm sad villains. that we didn't see more of their creepiness.
1: Yeah. This is another perfect example of taking so little and doing so much with it. Like, right. These are two of the most iconic villains, mm-hmm. or or like what? It's one of the most iconic images in in modern science fiction is these like blue handed men, and yeah. it's just dudes in suits with blue gloves on. Right. And the performances are just so perfect, and the way that they are so scary, and their little murder stick is so <laughs> scary. It's just yep. like. Once you've seen that, you don't forget it. It's Mm. so iconic. And it is done with, like, rubber bands.
0: Right. It's amazing. nothing. Nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely incredible. It's just performances and Mm. good writing. And good writing. And good world building. Mm -hmm. And knowing that these people are coming because River's there. You know, like, they found River. Like, that's why they're there, is that the Tams have been arrested.
0: Like, these are the people... She is their asset. Yeah, that have been after her the whole time. We're not actually scared of the Alliance, We're scared of whoever these guys are.
1: Like, these guys are at the core of what makes the Alliance tick. You Mm -hmm. know, like, they are the Section 31 of the Alliance. Yeah. And they're, like, the secret agent of the Alliance. They're, like, you know, CIA, whatever.
0: Yeah. Like, Um, like operative level of, like, they're pulling all the strings... Right. um, ...at whatever's going on at this academy place.
1: Yeah, and to know that, like, these people that we've been flying with, uh, River and Simon elicit this response Mm -hmm. in an episode where we're learning about what the government did to river it just sets up this like great tension it's so good yeah and you just want to see it develop over years like you want to see these villains pop up Mm -hmm. like a couple times a season for years and like not getting it is such a shame Mm -hmm. and they're not even in the movie so like
0: they set up a lot of um little like, not Easter eggs, but like little seeds of blue sun in this episode too. So Right, right, right. The first scene, uh, Jane is wearing a blue sun t-shirt. Right. Th- th- is the Where thing he gets that sliced in the, and he's sliced like, you will right be a shirt. Logo. Yeah. Because <laughs> he liked that blue sun logo. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the like holographic image of River in the hospital that Simon was doing with the diagnostics. Um, I don't think I've even noticed it until we watched it this time. And I don't know how many times I've seen this episode, but- um, at the bottom of the hologram or the holographic projection above her, there's a spinning blue sun logo mm. inside that projection of her. So they yeah. are everywhere. They're yeah. like
1: And remind me again the connection with Blue Sun and the Blue Handed Men.
0: Um so basically Blue Sun is not really the government of the Alliance, but they're kind of a corporation that got so powerful that they're... Okay. They're
1: That they, like, own the Alliance. They basically own the Alliance, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, they, Joss Whedon was kind of trying to seed in stuff from the very beginning about how pervasive this company is. And it's got their logo on everything and their hands and all different kinds of pies. And so you realize that they kind of operate things behind the scenes um and we never really got to see the extent of that and And they never really paid it off in the
1: movie either and we do find out at some point that these two guys are like blue sun operatives right
0: um because i remember we see them
1: again in the series
0: it's alluded to i don't think it's ever actually definitively said said. it's just um like the color blue is kind of a theme that yeah that tied it together, but um it and I'm pretty sure it's talked about in interviews later, but I don't think okay. the show ever actually
1: okay yeah I'm concrete I'm excited to see because I remember that, but I don't remember mm. why I remember that mm-hmm. if you know what I mean like
0: probably you may have maybe heard an interview an interview or you know like yeah. Comic Con I something. did like
1: dive deep into Firefly back in college and mm-hmm. like read a ton yeah all the wikipedia stuff yeah or
0: maybe you read like an article in i read lots of interviews like, like the um companion books right with all the little I, I borrowed your book bits and pieces it might have been in one of those
1: yeah but yeah and i feel, I feel really like i've off. known about it since college and i can't remember mm. why but maybe there's like something that hints to it in the show and we'll pick that out when it comes up in the episodes to come because i think when do we see them again is it in trash
0: um so no we saw them earlier in the um, oh that's right when they were apprehended, uh, I don't think it was bushwhacked, was it? Maybe, it was It was pretty early. Didn't um, we
1: just see, like, a hand with blue gloves? Like, we didn't yeah, see Yeah, it's just a quick them. reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: they push across River's photo and says something like, have you seen this girl?
1: Yeah, and this and is the first time we've seen their faces, snippet. right?
0: This is the first time we actually see them um for more than like half a second okay um we saw did
1: did we see these two actors in the first time that they were on screen i can't remember now
0: i think it was one of them i can't remember which one it was now i
1: want to go look at that i'm curious yeah because these two actors it was
0: definitely you saw their face the first time
1: okay i want to go look at that because these two guys together like their faces are just so different it's such a good casting choice to have like these two like wildly disparate faces it's like
0: I mean, they're couple. both white guys, but, like,
1: <laughs> they both have, yeah. like, different shapes of face.
0: Oh, yeah. One's kind of square and one's, like, very narrow and angular. And exactly. Yeah. Pointy. like
1: a, Yeah, yeah. And there's something about the combination of the two of them together mm-hmm. is so, yeah, like, weird. Yeah. I can't even put my finger on it, but that's why I like it so much. And it's also a lot in the performances.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's almost a trope that I've seen in, in some things. Like, um, I recently redid... Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman and the two of the main bad guys in that are like one is like a short kind of squat guy that does all the talking and then the other one's like a big beefy guy that's kind of laconic and just like just like yeah <laughs> <And then> like,
1: <laughs> It's like Tweedledee and Tweedledum.
0: Yeah, yeah, where it's kind of like um you know uh what's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh Twins where like oh. you pair up the most yeah. unlikely of suspects to, like, make them a team. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just kind of, like, uh, visual comedy before you even yeah. get into the story.
1: There was a scene on The West Wing where two characters who were, like... One was, like, half the height of the other. These two women <laughs> had this conversation, and at the end of it, they looked at each other, and, and one of them said, it's weird that we're the same species, isn't it? <laughs> like, something along those lines. That, and it yeah. was so funny, but, like, it is interesting how different people can look mm-hmm. you know like the wide variety of 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 faces that exist on the planet earth is is interesting
0: yeah makes you kind of think about it from like an outside perspective like if you were an alien and you came yeah. to the planet and you're trying to figure out what was going on um it'd be very confusing
1: yeah what would you think was going on i don't know <laughs> um yeah
0: all right, so blue-handed blue men. hands, scariest villains of all time.
1: Well, almost. Reapers, Reavers, excuse me. Okay, we're yeah, recording yeah. on Reaper, but we're. I know. It's a we software. We were talking, we were talking about, about Reaper, Reaper a minute ago. Reavers, um, scariest villain. I think the Reavers are the scariest villain. They're think, so scary. Yeah. But blue handed men are extremely creepy.
0: Yeah, so like.
1: Creepiest villains ever, absolutely.
0: Creepiest, yeah, definitely creepy. Short of the actual gentleman in. uh, Oh, right. In Hush. In Buffy. (laughs) Yeah. Buffy. Oh, so good. But, uh. So it's, it's like they're very controlled malice, these blue handed guys. They're very deliberate and, like, cognitive of what they're doing, but Reavers are just, like, uninhibited id. Hmm. I think it's just supposed <laughs> to be like, you know, eat, kill, do whatever you want. Just like it's the sequel mayhem. to Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. <laughs> eat, kill, do whatever you want. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's just it's just like pure
1: savagery, a, a
0: savage instinct of yeah. like you know, just anything. But these guys are, are very calm and collected until they melt you from the inside out you know yeah. with technology right but reavers are gonna eat you you know with their bare flesh you know half yeah. the time so Oof. it's very different ends of the creepy spectrum
1: yeah and it and they're a great complement to each other as far mm-hmm. as being the big bad villains of the show yeah So cool. I mean, what a great story. Mm. Like, what an incredible TV show. Yeah, I just think about all the work that went into building this world Mm -hmm. and how fully realized it is in its first season.
0: I know, with only 14 episodes, they built so much.
1: And it is like one of the big tragedies i think in the history of tv Mm -hmm. that we only got 14 episodes and those Mm -hmm. that team of creators wasn't allowed to continue i mean that Mm -hmm. is such a tragedy but it makes we'll never
0: forgive you fox
1: but it makes (laughs) these 14 episodes so precious yeah and it's part of why i love it yeah one of the biggest things in this episode that we still haven't talked about is jane's betrayal how do you feel about jane betraying simon and river do you feel like the show paid it off do you feel like they earned it what do you think?
0: I felt like they did a pretty good job with it. Um, he clearly was acting in his own best interests, and it was going to happen at some point. So it was only a matter of time. And this was, he he got triggered with, you know, physical damage to his person. Yeah. so So it made sense. It seemed like the timing was right. I had no issue with the betrayal other than mal sleeping on the job
1: right which yeah. you talked about earlier yeah yeah i love the betrayal yeah. i think it's no, it was great, great. It, <laughs> i it love was
0: it totally in character <laughs> i loved it it was fun to watch yeah and like simon was just oblivious the whole time just like oh right. thanks buddy you protected us right you could have taken those guys i had total faith in you and uh just wide-eyed naivete of like obviously Jane is going to sell you out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the most obvious weakness of, of the whole crew. Yeah. So
1: what I love about it is that it is so different from other shows, mm-hmm. like on other shows where you have these sort of spacefaring adventure crews, yeah. you never have someone who would just naturally come to the conclusion that betraying two other crew members is the be- is their best option. Like, <laughs> yeah. he just decides that because mm-hmm. the money is too good to pass up. Right. And I feel like the show earns that. I feel like the show kind of sets it up Definitely. and then pays it off. Mm-hmm. And then you get this incredible scene at the end of the episode with Mal putting Jane out the airlock.
0: I feel like that was a flawless resolution. It's incredible. Because... Like any other show, if anyone had done that, that character would be dead to us, yeah. and we would never right. trust them in any other scene again. But right. Mal makes it so clear that this is unacceptable behavior, and he will let Jane die yeah. if he does stuff like, like, like this in the future. You're dead to me. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. Right?
1: Like, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. have the ship take off and have mm. you suck out and die as yeah. we're like leaving the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he was going to do it. I think that he was going to do it. But then what Jane says gives him, I think he was open to doing it.
0: I think he was borderline open. Based off
1: of what Jane said, he would have done it or not. Mm. And I think that Jane's reaction of like admitting it, copying to it and then saying, don't tell the rest of them that this is why I'm dead. Right. Like, don't tell them that I betrayed them. cares
0: about the crew enough to care about what they think.
1: Exactly, like, yeah. Like, that was
0: the redeeming factor, definitely. Right.
1: And then making it clear, I think that Mal trusts Jane not to betray him personally mm-hmm. to a certain extent because... I, because I think that he's that guy that like shakes your hand and makes an agreement and right. then lives by it
0: with with the person that he made the agreement with but exactly. everyone else is expendable yeah.
1: exactly I think yeah. that Mal understands that mm-hmm. and that that's how he thinks Jane operates also right. and I think I think that he realizes through this conversation like Jane straight up says you know I betrayed them not you you know right. like something along those lines and then he makes it clear, like, you betray my crew. Mal makes it clear, like if you're betraying my crew, you are betraying me too. Mm. He sets that rule with Jane.
0: That whole interaction defines each of those men so perfectly. Yeah. It's it's really well done. And it was that was a good captain moment in my eyes, where he did the thing that needed to be done to really get the message across to this person who it was ruthless yeah. and just looking out for himself and didn't understand like this was the way that he had to be explained like it had to it had to make the point clear and by doing such a bold thing mal actually got jane folded back into the crew like right. he didn't just stop it from happening again he made it so that three of his crew members could then live in peace on the same ship.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. really, without
0: great. two of them even knowing about it.
1: Yeah. There's sure. so many needles threaded.
0: Yeah. It was well right done.
1: there. Yeah. And as, as a viewer on the show, like if Worf betrayed Captain Picard, like if Worf like tried to sell Riker and Troy, <laughs>
0: right? like, you how know, do you come back to slavers, from that? To flavors You can't come back from that.
1: Yeah. Then he's dead to the show and he never mm-hmm. comes back. Yeah. Or it's like a, you know, like a Grant Ward situation where he's now the villain. Um,
0: how many times?
1: <laughs> that, a,
0: uh, wow! I, I love hate relationship. That was a, rea- with that Shield, was a reaction. Like, if I know. I've never seen one. I, I understand the reference.
1: <laughs> I know. I saw it in your face. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, so th- I feel like Joss Whedon kind of pulled off the impossible with this betrayal by mm-hmm. making you like Jane more because he did it. Yes. Like it it's all very
0: true to who he was as a character. Yeah. And and but we're. We understand who he is, just like Mal does, and we accept him for who he is, knowing that someday he might do it again, Right. maybe, but probably not for a while. I think he learned his lesson. And yeah. it Or would maybe happen- he's
1: been scared straight.
0: Or maybe he's been scared straight, but we are okay with him interacting with crew members on a daily basis without being like, is this the moment? Is this the moment? He's going right. to sell them all out. Like, right. We don't have to worry about that anymore.
1: It's interesting to learn that the that to Mal, his crew is his family. And mm-hmm. he shows physical affection to Kaylee in a way that's so adorable yeah. that I love. That was right a, before he's about to try to kill Jane. An
0: improv moment. That, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it's he, so good. He flipped her around in camera and um, got a lot of the other crew members to like laugh about it because they weren't yeah. expecting it.
1: <laughs> I love that moment. That's yeah. so cool. Mm. Um, yeah, something about that right before he puts Jane out the airlock is so effective. And I do, I do feel like if Jane had like denied it and said that he didn't do it or had like, you know, not shown that he cared about the crew at all. I think that he probably would have just let him die. Right.
0: If there was zero remorse, Mal might've gone through with it
1: for sure. Yeah. But, Uh, but I, I just love, I love how that scene plays out mm -hmm. so much. It's like poetic writing. And I actually don't know who wrote this episode.
0: Uh, Jose Molina.
1: Okay. Well, I'm giving Joss Whedon the credit, but Jose Molina. um, (laughs) And the performances are amazing. Yeah,
0: the performances are are really good. Um, The only other little thingy about that scene, like, love the scene. Great. It's one of the best things in the whole series, but... Was Wash doing the entire time that he's leaving Atmo and there's a breach in the hull? Right. <laughs> he's
1: like, I was wondering about that. He's like, does he not notice that the is there
0: not a blinky the, the, angry alarm going off in and, the cockpit? Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. uh, stop what you're doing and land he, and figure I'll it bet, out.
1: I'll bet Mal just turned his communicator off to the bridge. Yeah, probably. And, and the whole time, Wash is like, "What's going
0: on? Like, hello, hello. What's
1: happening?" He's like sending someone. He. The next thing that happens is that he. <laughs> like zoe sprints into the room right and like crashes
0: into the scene like what's going on
1: yeah uh, right at right as the door is closing it's yeah. like oh it's nothing it was just jammed yeah
0: or because there was that control panel there maybe there's like some secret like captain only button that's like turn off the alarm
1: <laughs> yeah totally maybe he, i don't yeah. know yeah, yeah the smuggler ship it has anything He's setting the stage for a real serious talking to. I feel like he's covered these bases. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love all of it. I love the way it plays out. I love Mm -hmm. that they hide the truth from River and Simon. And if memory serves, do they find out later? I think they do, don't they? I think it's alluded to later. Well, we'll find out. We're going to watch them soon.
0: It's definitely alluded to later. River confronts Jane
1: Right, because River knows, because she's... River knows. Because I keep forgetting that she's telepathic. That's right. And it's clear in the episode that she hears his thoughts about it, I think.
0: Hears about it, and I can't remember which episode it is. we'll Um, get there. We'll get there. We're coming.
1: Yeah. So this does come back up. Mm -hmm. But I do agree. that I think that scene is one of the best scenes of Firefly. Mm -hmm. Like, hands down for me, if not my favorite scene of Firefly. I just really love it. Like, when I think back on Firefly... Out of gas, I think, is my favorite episode, but the last couple minutes of Ariel, I think, are my favorite scene. Yeah.
0: It really sells Mal as mm-hmm. willing to do whatever it takes to protect his his crew, which is right. his family, and like you understand that he's a little bit broken on the inside, so maybe he wouldn't have done this before the war, but now mm-hmm. that he's hardened and jaded he you know he wouldn't necessarily blink twice at throwing someone out the airlock
1: yeah i also always think back to the first time i watched this when i didn't like jane Mm. i did not like that character yeah and i he was the only character that i didn't like on the show and i was loving the show so much and for me for a show like this to be perfect i have to love all the characters like Uh, next generation i love everybody yeah and firefly I loved everyone after this episode because that last scene made me love Jane.
0: So they brought him in to the fold for you, not just for exactly not just
1: for the crew. And now every time I watch the show, I love Jane. Yeah. And it it took me some time to love him, Mm -hmm. and it was seven episodes because I (laughs) like in episode eight when he's betraying the crew. I'm like, I knew it. This guy's a fucking asshole. Like he's pissing me off this whole time. We're
0: never gonna see him again. This is it. Yeah, he's gonna be
1: written off the show, and then at the end, I'm like, oh man, I kind of get him now. Yeah. Kind of like him now. Yeah. I I hope he sticks around. And now I'm like, all right, show, you got me. Yeah. I love everybody. <laughs>
0: all
1: right. Good job. No shepherd book in this episode.
0: Yeah, and very little Inara. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is funny, because, like, everyone together is so magical, but mm-hmm. it does show that, like, the magic can be peeled back a little bit and still be super magical. Right. It doesn't have to be the
0: entire ensemble <laughs> right. all the time. Right. Which is kind of refreshing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, on on I always compare everything Next Generation, but... On shows like that, you have episodes for different characters and Mm. then episodes for everybody. Yeah. And it just kind of bounces around. Yeah.
0: Particular characters. Yeah.
1: So I like different combinations of the main cast. I Mm. think that that's always exciting. And this one has a really good combination where you've got like Simon, River, and Jane together, and then we've got Wash. Uh, Mal and Zoe together, mm-hmm. and then Kaylee and Inara are kind of doing their own thing.
0: Yeah. It's unusual, this particular uh, mashup of, yeah. of characters, so it's kind of nice.
1: But it works really well for me. Like, Wash, uh, Mal, and uh, Zoe together are so fun. I know. So much fun. When they're, like, running around in their uniforms. Yeah.
0: Wash is usually the one that stays behind on all the capers, so it's kind of um, hilarious to see him out, like, trying to... To crime,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, totally. I we were talking about the CG uh, version of Wash when he's flying that little <laughs> yeah. hospital helicopter, yep. but you can see into the cockpit and you can see his face, and it's so fake looking i've never noticed it because like your tv is big enough that you can see it yeah the setup that we have you're like
0: fairly close to a pretty large pretty clear screen on blu-ray on blu-ray so every detail is like in your face
1: that little wash puppet that is like the cg face (laughs) looks so silly and i loved it um there was one other detail I was about to. Oh, yeah. And like the comedy in this episode is great. Mm-hmm. When they're all trying to learn their lines, and then the one, like they're learning their dialogue of like what to say that a doctor would say, and it's really mm-hmm. complicated. They got to yep. learn all this
0: doctor babble. The jargon.
1: Yeah. But then when okay. they get there, they're trying, they're, they go into their their speech, and then she's like, okay, down the hall. And then Jane can't help himself. And he's like, we applied <laughs> the court of the steroids. Yeah. He,
0: he got his lines. He had to say them. Yeah.
1: It's great. <laughs> like that, that whole thing was paid off so well. Yeah. I love how Firefly's humor tends to set up big, serious moments and Mm -hmm. then diffuse them with humor. And like this big thing that you thought was going to happen doesn't even happen. Or like, you know, a big moment that's getting more and more serious. Well, let's just kick that guy into the engine and now that problem's (laughs) gone. Like they just diffuse things in a second with, and it's usually funny when it happens. And I love that style of humor. It's
0: very characteristic of of a whedon show yeah to have, definitely like the juxtaposition of something that's making you laugh one second or gasping in like a horror or shock the next second or just like bawling your eyes out because there was a happy moment between two people and like someone dies right you're like what the f-? right you, you never know what you're gonna see so
1: yeah keep us on our toes totally how many veras do you give this episode
0: Oh man, um, I like this episode, but it's not my top hmm. two even. Um, I gotta think it's pretty good, but I I should have reviewed what I was given the other episodes now because I was trying to grade <laughs> stuff on a curve. I know, like I know. out of gas is is ten out of ten. Like right. that's as good as it gets. Right. Um, but this episode is nice i really like i really like a lot of it so i'd have to say maybe like 7.5 or 8
1: wow um yeah this episode to me i just love every moment of it Mm. like there's no boring moment there's no wasted dialogue
0: yeah
1: i love the visualization of the planet ariel in Mm -hmm. this I love, like, seeing the junkyard, the hospital, yeah. the cityscapes, you all see the water. Really it's fun. just it's just all great. Like, this, mm-hmm. this filled in all of the gaps in my imagination of what does the universe look like, the first watch through. Mm. I was like, I need to see a core planet. To, right. And just they the can't horses. do that because they don't have the budget. And then yeah. all of a sudden, here it is. And it looks yeah. awesome, you know? Yeah. Especially for the 90s on a TV budget. Like, they made so much... Out of what they had,
0: they they were basically using popsicle sticks and duct tape for most of these. Absolutely, so it was really impressive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I know that some people will watch Firefly, who've never seen it, who are watching it now, who be Mm -hmm. like, "What does he mean? It looks it looks crazy bad." I think it
0: aged really well. I
1: think it looks great. Like I I can't see it any other way than I see it. Very
0: plausible for an alien world that we terraformed and then turned into like the urban version of you know, what we expect on earth. Yeah. You know, like very, very plausible.
1: I feel like it's like they got the same budget as Babylon five and Mm -hmm. just made better or maybe even less and then just made better um, or clearer creative choices with every detail that they had. Nice. Like, and just made made a whole world yeah. out of it. I
0: think it was very smartly done.
1: Yeah, I it was... blows me away. This is for me. This is absolutely a ten out of ten episode <laughs> because I love every moment of it. And yeah. I'm not saying that I think it's as good as Out of Gas, mm-hmm. but like it's I can't. Different, but it's it's different. Yeah, it's but I think it somewhere. is as good as Out of Gas. I think yeah. that it's like I, I love Out of Gas more, but I think mm-hmm. that it's as as well made mm-hmm. as Out of Gas, and I can't find anything to mark it down for. Um, and. And even the little things that that maybe would bother me, I feel like, are easily explained away. Yeah. And the effort and and all of the artistry that went into it, I appreciate so much that I can't, I can't be below a you 10 can on this tell,
0: one. Yeah, you can tell a lot of love went into making this episode. For sure. All the details.
1: And it gets fucking bonus extra credit for having the best scene of Firefly in it. <laughs> that, oh, that scene at the end. Yeah. I love it. Like... That's the type of thing that makes me want to write shit, you know? It's like I want to try Definitely. to create something yeah. that's this powerful mm-hmm. and makes this much sense in world but is so like like when you'd never that's- have the opportunity to lock someone you know out of an airlock. It's not like something people run into on a day-to-day basis, right. but or- they build to it and it works so well. You mm-hmm. just feel it and you're there and you're with it yeah. and it feels real.
0: Yeah. I absolutely agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh this was good i it's funny i feel like while out of yes might be my favorite episode i don't feel like i podcasted it as well as i did this one
0: i feel like we really dove into a lot in this episode whereas um before some of the other episodes just like well you know we talked about generalities or the plot itself so much but this one um had a lot to talk about
1: Yeah, I said I, I mean we. We. (laughs) You're here too.
0: But I (laughs) I did feel personally
1: like I was having a hard time expressing how much I loved Out of Gas. And I Mm. feel like I've succeeded tonight in expressing how much I love Ariel. And I feel proud of myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I'm glad that this is the episode I
1: asked for feedback on (laughs) because I feel good about this one. Um, But yeah, like we said in the beginning, I would love to hear from people about their experience with this podcast, especially since I've changed... Uh, the name and the format, I'd like to hear if that is working for people or not. So let me know. Um, any feedback is very valued. And you can reach us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. And right now I'm the only one reading that. So <laughs> just like, say whatever you want. So, so you can I'll say anything you want about Doug. And I'll, I'll filter it. <laughs> and probably tell him anyway. Um, yeah, Doug, why don't great. you
0: like Firefly? I'm going to send an email. <laughs>
1: uh, and we, next we have War Stories. Yes. on firefly which will be in in around a month between a month and a month and a half we'll, we we're, we do we're, them like about a month apart we're
0: hitting the schedule pretty consistently yeah, we're doing these pretty days. good yeah, yeah.
1: we we're, we're doing as good as we're going to do <laughs> and that's what you get
0: that's <laughs> what you're going to get internet
1: any any final thoughts jane
0: um i think we covered it yeah Uh, good episode and looking forward to what's coming up next
1: yeah and uh i'm 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 happy i feel very self-congratulatory right now um and that's it (laughs) thank you for listening until next time stay nerdy out there space nerds is listener funded through patreon to support the show and gain access to bonus content sign up at patreon.com space nerds podcast if you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com.
0: Keep it spacey, baby!